the, the satisfying and significant life that he desires for you and I to live. He's showed us a way to live that kind of life, that fruitful life, by abiding and remaining in him. Now, those words you're going to hear today, abiding and remaining, those are words that are used in various translations. I won't go into the original uh, history of the words, but but abiding and remaining are really used synonymously depending on what translation occurred. And so, they, but they have nuances to each, and so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But, but that's how we live that fruitful life. Now, Jesus had a way, and I love this, about Jesus and, and, and everything that he did, everything he spoke. He had a, a, a way of making the absolutely essential, things that we absolutely, essentially need to know, amazingly simple. Have you ever noticed that about Jesus' teaching? What is absolutely essential, he makes amazingly simple. And he does that in the first verse of John chapter 15. Let's look at this. 15.1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Read that sentence. Anybody unclear about that? Now, there's a lot within that that could be unpacked, and we'll do a little bit, just a little bit of it today. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. When Jesus said this to his first followers, the first gathering of people that followed Jesus, they knew the significance. There's a huge significance to, to the uh, symbol of the vine. Okay, and I'm going to show you a couple of examples of this, like, uh, of symbols. I'm going to show you these, and I want you to just think, or shout out, even say it out. What's the first thing you think of? Let's look at one. What's the first thing you think of when you see that? Come on. America, right? That's right. That's the emblem. That's one of our emblems. What about this? Hello, what? First thing you see, no mistaking it, right? Next. Money or dollars. There's no ambiguity there. It's a symbol. It's what it is. Okay, so now this slide that we're using just represented it. It's not exactly, it wasn't exactly this, but the vine was the symbol of Israel. So the people he was speaking to, these early followers, they knew that that was an important symbol and it was a, 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 a valued thing in their mind. They had no doubt what what the vine meant. It was the symbol of Israel. It was the it, it was the nation. It was the, it was the symbol of the nation of Israel. It was on the coins in many cases. The vine was. It was on the temples. So in the temples in many cases, it, it, it was the symbol of Israel. Now Israel was said to be God's vineyard in many places throughout the Old Testament. I'm going to show you one here, but this is not an uncommon thing. Israel was considered to be the vineyard, God's vineyard. Isaiah 5, 7 says this, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel. And the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. Now, and I could give you others, but I'm not. But I just want you to know that that is the significance of that. Now, Jesus is saying here, I, Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. Now, when he's saying that, he's saying, I am the true vine, not Israel. He says what he's saying. And, and I am the true picture. You need to look to me for the life that you need, not to the nation of Israel, not to Israel. Now, at this time, that was a very radical statement. Now, how many of you know that Jesus made a lot of radical statements? <laughs> there were a lot of things that he said that were very, uh, 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 it, was a, it, it shook up people. When he would say things, this was one of them. It was hard to maybe for people then to understand. Because he's saying, look, this symbol of Israel, that's it. 
That's out the window. I am the truth. It's like if we here in our, in our modern day today, if you were at a Fourth of July gathering and we're celebrating Independence Day, here we are, we're doing that. And somebody stands up and says, hey, forget all this stuff about Independence Day. Forget the Fourth of July. I am the true freedom. I am freedom. What if you saw something like that? Or what about this? On Valentine's Day, you're at a Valentine's Day banquet. And, and, and you know, that's representing love and, and romantic uh, relationships or whatever. And somebody stands up and says, hey, this Valentine's Day is for the birds. I am love. I am the one that's love. Now, if you saw that, be honest, what would you think? You'd think that person was off their rocker, right? It's radical if anybody came up and said that. That's similar to what Jesus was saying at this point. Now, listen, we draw our life from Jesus. That's what we're, that's what we're going to talk about today. And he is saying to these first followers, you do not draw your life, anything about your life, from Israel. You draw your life from me. You don't draw your life from things of this world. He's saying other things of this world. You draw your life from me. You don't draw your life from the history of your circumstances or whatever your life experience has been. That's not where you draw your life from. That's over and done with. You draw it from Jesus. Now look, when you recognize the truth about what I just said, that you draw your life, the very life, you draw your life from Christ, only then are you able to live this life that he needs for you to live. I'm going to repeat that. Only when you recognize that, that this is where you draw your life from, can you really live the life that he means and that he has meant for all of us to live. Now, so this is one of the keys for us as Christ followers. One, realize the truth of who God is. Two, realize the truth of who we are. Okay? Got to recognize that's the key. Now, Jesus, again, in his way, lays it out very, very simply. In this visual that he's giving to his disciples, he's saying this. Firstly, that God the Father, he's the gardener. Now, the gardener is a, when you're the gardener of a vineyard, you are overseeing, you're tending to the overall affairs of the vineyard. Now, I will say that in reading about this and studying for this, I came across some information about where it's recognized that tending to a vineyard is a much more difficult and, and requires a lot more constant care, hands-on care, than other agricultural endeavors. Tending to a vineyard is much more uh, uh, difficult, let's say. There's just more involved in it. Now, again, God is the one who gives us that kind in our lives, that hands-on, constant care. He tends to all of us. He tends to the vineyard. He's the gardener. Now, I don't know if anybody in here is a gardener. Does anybody have a hobby of gardening? And, boy, I'll tell you what. Whatever the opposite of green is in my thumb, that's what I have. <laughs> I have no, no ability at all. But I know people are in it, but I bet if you aren't, if you don't dabble in gardening, I bet you've been in a pretty garden. Has anybody ever gone to a place and said, look how manicured this place is. Look how beautiful this place is. Wow, they really, the landscape is great. I'll tell you an example. We have a place, we drive from, from Bay Meadows Road into our, where we live every day. And we drive by a bunch of different houses. There's this one house. That almost on a regular basis, you drive by there, and this uh, this lady, this woman, is out in her in her yard doing things. She'll be in there cutting things out. And she wears her little this 
she, she, she is a person that has a hobby as a gardener. She goes around and does her flower beds. I've seen her out there putting fertilizer and just all kinds of things over time. You know what I'm talking about? Can't miss it. But let me tell you this. If every one of you were in a separate car and you drove down that road, and I asked you when you got to the end of the road, which house is that lady's house? I almost can guarantee you that 99% will pick that house. You know why? Because it looks like it. You see it, and it's like, but she puts a lot of constant care, a lot of hands-on care into that. Well, that is what, what Jesus is saying, that God the Father, he's the gardener. Important to understand that, okay? So that's who he is. Now, Jesus, he's the vine. He is where the life is. Jesus is where the life is. Now, you and I, maybe today, maybe before, maybe even ongoing, we try to find life, things that, that, that breathe life into us in so many places. Sometimes that's from bad things like temptations or things that we may chase after. Maybe sometimes it's good things like, like our job or, or relationships or, or things of that nature. But whatever it is, we try, we look to find life in many places, whether they're good places or whether they're bad places. Now, Satan, the father of all life, he's going to try to tell you that, that, that he can find places for you to get life in other locations. It cannot be done. He cannot offer that to you. Any temptation or any pursuit that you have will not give you the life that you seek, that you need. It can't do that. It cannot happen. Jesus is the true vine. He is where the life comes from. And look, we lie to ourselves if we say that there are other good things that we can go and pursue and think that that's going to be the life that we need, that we're looking for. We can't expect that to happen because it cannot happen. Now, you, now, let me make sure I'm making this point. You can have other good things in your life. I'm not saying you have to not have any good things. You can have good things in your life whatever they may be, but it can't give you life. Do you understand the distinction? You can have good things in your life, but they can't give you life. Only Jesus, the vine, can give you this genuine life. Now, for me, personally, this is a lesson that I have to learn on a regular basis. I have to learn this on a regular basis, that I'm not going to find anything that truly it gives me life that I'm looking for in anything but Him. I don't say to say that I'm that I'm struggling as a believer. I'm not. I'm just saying that's just the way it is. It's a it's an ongoing thing. It's a it's a daily challenge, and it is for me, and I'm sure it is for many other people. So God, let me go back through this now. God, the Father, he, He's the gardener. Jesus is the vine. Okay, now where does that leave me? Where does that leave you? Where does that leave us? Again, Jesus is very clear about this. You and I. We are the branches, okay? We are the branches. So it says it here again very clearly, John 15, 5. Jesus reiterates, I am the vine, you are the branches. So I'm going to make sure we're all understanding this. Now, I know this might be rudimentary to some of you, but let's stay with me now. Let's say this together. I am a branch. Say it again. I am a branch. I'm a branch. That's what we are. So you're under, as a branch, you're under the constant care of the gardener. You're dependent upon the vine for life. And you, we, are a branch. Now here's the good news. The good news is the branch is where the 
try to be the gardener. Don't try to be the vine. Be the branch. Be a branch. Be who God made you to be. That's okay. There's a guy uh, named Andrew Murray. I don't know if you've ever heard. He wrote two books that if you want to really get in depth about what we're talking about here today, there's a lot more depth to it than I'm going to be able to tell you. He wrote two amazing books, Abiding in Christ and The True Mind. And he said this in uh, Abiding in Christ in the book. There's a quote that I lifted out of it amongst many. We could put that on the screen. It says this. In, uh, Andrew Murray wrote in Abiding in Christ. You are the branch. You need be nothing more. You need not for one single moment of the day take upon you the responsibility of the vine. Now think about that's freeing in a way, I believe. That's just freeing in a way. Like, I don't have to worry about tending to the garden. I don't have to worry about the responsibility of the mind. I just need to be the branch. Okay? So stop trying to be what only God can be. The garden. Stop trying to be what only Jesus can be. The vine. Be what only you can be. And you know what that is? The branch. The branch. Be what only we can be. So what does a branch do? The most important task of a branch is this. Very simple. I must, as the branch, I must, we must, we must abide in Christ. That seems like, okay, I get it. Abide in Christ. Let's talk about it for a minute. John 15, 4 through 5. Remain in me. It's the verse that we're going to, if we could put that up. Remain in me. Now remember, remain and abide. They're used sort of uh, synonymously, but with some different nuances and in different translations. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain, must remain in the vine. Neither you, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, Jesus is saying. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I am you, you will, and in my Bible I circle and under, highlight that, you will bear much fruit. Here's the other part. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look, so now the word abide or remain appears 11 times in the first 11 verses of the chapter 15 of John. It appears four times in verse 5. Or, excuse me, in verse 4. Now, let me ask you that based on that, what do you think that Jesus, what's the point you think he was trying to drive home in this? Abiding and remaining. He wanted to make sure that that was put forth where we would remember it. He wanted us to get it. Abiding and remaining. So now, what does it mean to abide? Okay, so, you got the branch. Got that. You got the vine. They're connected. They are attached. Being trees, right? We've all seen it. They're, and now this is different, but there's a and, and the branch is attached to it. To remain, to put it this way, I'll put it this way, to remain means to be 100% attached to the vine 100% of the time. That's what that means. 
But Jesus is saying the branch needs the vine all the time. It can't take a break from the vine and then come back. You can't do that. You can't say, well, I'm going to be attached to the vine this week, and the next week I'm going to break off, and I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to pursue some other things, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to come back and get back attached to the branch or to the vine. That's what I'm going to do. And then, you know, whenever something else comes up and I want to do something else, I'm going to break off again. That's not what remaining is. That's not what abiding is. It's 100% of the time. And I want to say this. Jesus says, he, he's telling us clearly here, and it's really important to understand this. You abide in me, Jesus says, and I will. He promises you, I will. If you do that, I will abide in you. I will remain in you. So, if you remain, you abide. This is what the next thing is a little quote I wanted to put here. When the branch is attached to the vine, the life of the vine will be reproduced in the branch. Who's the vine? Who's the branch? When you're attached to that vine, Jesus, how he is, how he speaks, how he loves, how he thinks, how he does, everything that he does will be reproduced in you. Get it? you got to be attached 100% of the time. It's inevitable, though. If the vine is attached to the branch, it will be reproduced. It's not possible for it not to be. There's no way that it can't be. So if you remain or abide, Jesus says you're going to bear much fruit. Not a little, not some, not occasionally, not once in a while. You're going to bear much fruit if you stay attached. That's abiding. That's remaining. And again, however, but apart from it, you can do nothing, nothing that matters. So now again, Jesus is talking about fruit. When he talks about this fruit, he's talking about fruit that will last for eternity. He's talking about the, the real important things in life, not things that are temporal. So I want you to notice the contrast in these verses he's talking about. So it says, you can remain in me, but he also says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So, here's a question. I want you to ask yourself right now. Am I remaining in him? Where, where are you sitting today? Just think about it. Am I remaining in him? Am I abiding in him? Or am I apart from him? Am I broken off from that vine? Where are you today? Where are you today? Are you 100% in there? Or are you are you apart? Am I attached or am I unattached? Am I connected or am I disconnected? Jesus wants us. He wants you. If you want to live this life and everything he has for you, he wants you to abide in him and stay connected to him because that's where the life comes from. That's where the life comes from. And I'm going to tell you, you think, we all know about Jesus, as power, at least most of us do, who he is, what he is, the power, the resurrection, all that Jesus is. We know all that. You think if we would know all that, we'd be holding on to dear life to be attached to that vine. Wouldn't you? You'd want to be attached to that vine, man. There's nothing that could separate you from that. From that. But the truth of the matter, to staying attached to that vine is a struggle. Now, is that right or wrong? Come on now. Let's be honest. I'm not. <laughs> it, 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 staying attached. 
Jesus is talking about. This is spiritual. You talk about being attached to the divine, that's the life that we're going to get from him. That's spiritual. But the issue is, the problem is, is that we live in a physical world. We're talking about a spiritual issue when we live in a physical world. So we're constantly thinking. And I'm sure some of you have faced this. One of these are just a few examples, but I feel like if I attach myself to this relationship, that'll give me life. That might be a, a, a romantic relationship, or it might be a relationship with a friend or a colleague or whatever. But if I attach myself to this relationship, that's going to give me life. If I attach myself to this habit or this substance or whatever that is, that's going to give me life. That's going to give me something I need. I attach myself to, to a career or a job opportunity or some opportunity that can benefit me financially or whatever, that's going to give me life. If I attach myself to friends or events or activities or things that I go out and do and have fun, I can get life from that. You're constantly fooled that. Now, again, I want to say, God wants us to have good relationships. He wants us to have good friends. He wants us to have good activities and things that we go and do. That's all well and good, but you're not going to get your life from that. But Jesus is saying that our life, our spiritual life, the depth of life that we're longing for, and everybody in this world, whether they know it or not, is longing for something. Even people who are believing. We're longing for something down in the depths of our heart and of our spirit and of our soul. We're longing for things. And the only thing that's going to give you the depth of things that we're longing for, the only thing is going to be attached to Jesus. That's where you're going to get your life from. Not from others, not from things. If you're, you're going to get it from Him. And He says, if you stay attached to me, I'm going to give it to you. If you stay attached to me, I'm going to give you this life. I'm going to give you the life that I want you to live. That's what He's saying in all this. So again, remain in me, Jesus says. I will remain in you. There's two parts of that. We've got to remain in Him. We do that. He will. He'll remain in us. So I'm going to tell you this, what I think. Now, I read this and I thought this was really great. In one sense, you could think about it this way. We live a life here on earth, this physical world, we live a life of disciplined dependence. Disciplined dependence. Let me tell you what that is. I've got to remain in Him. That's the discipline. I've got to also know that he's going to remain in me, and him, he remaining in me, Jesus remaining in me, that's what I need to depend on. Discipline, dependence. Growth, true spiritual growth, roots deepening, maturity occurring, spiritual growth. If you want that, if you want the life that God has for you, you need both. You can't just do one or the other. You've got to have both. You've got to, have, you've got to remain in Him. He's going to remain in you. That's the discipline and the dependence. I want to emphasize this. Now, again, it sounds simple. I'm getting to a point here. I want you to, to, to really hear this is a key. This is a lifetime key. It's an ongoing thing. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how long you've followed the Lord. This is an ongoing journey. This is a lifetime key to you continuing to grow. Tell you what it is. It's not one of these and it's not the other. It's not a choice of one or the other. That I need to be disciplined, I need to be disciplined to be growing in the Lord, to be growing in my spiritual life. Or I need to depend on God and His love and what He can do for me to grow in my spiritual life. It is not either or of those, it's both. 
You have to have both of those to really be growing in your spiritual life. We need disciplines, spiritual disciplines. We're going to talk about that at some point in the future. There's a whole series of messages that can be and Most people here, or most believers, know what the spiritual disciplines are. But there's a lot of them. There's some core ones. But these spiritual disciplines, we need those to stay attached. We need those to stay attached, but we need to depend on Jesus giving us that life as we are attached. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Are you, are you with me at all? I hope, I hope I'm getting the point that's in my mind across. So we need these disciplines like we need quiet time every day to read the Word of God. We need to spend five or ten minutes in the morning, maybe in the middle of the day, at the end of the day, reading the Word of God. A few minutes a day. We need to set aside a special time for prayer every day. We need to be, we need to observe a Sabbath. We need to be in a place like we are here today, that you are all here. Gathering together as a fellowship of believers, you need to be a part of that. You need, that's part of being attached. All of that is. But, again, there's other things you can talk about, journaling or various other things that would be spiritual disciplines, okay? They're important. We need them. But, we need the disciplines to help us stay attached to the vine. Without that, they don't serve any purpose whatsoever. They don't, just, doing the, just doing the spiritual disciplines is not going to make you abide in Christ. That's going to help you stay attached. It's going to help you stay connected. Now, Richard Foster is a guy that wrote a book called Celebration of Disciplines. Anybody ever heard that? Celebration of Disciplines. Okay. This quote is what he had. Again, this is a this great book of information. But he said this. I get that. He says this. Spiritual disciplines can do nothing. You can tell that with most people don't finish it. That's like, what? Because I tell people about this all the time. I talk to people every week in, in some form or another about spiritual disciplines, about these things. But he says spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. Does that make sense? Are you hearing this? You see, depending on him, not the, 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 the disciplines. The disciplines are going to help you be attached. They're going to help you stay connected. They're going to help you do that so you can abide and remain in Him. So disciplined dependence, again, depending on Him, abiding in Him, remaining in Him. So what does that look like? What does the depending part look like? What does the remaining and abiding part look like? And I don't want you, I know this has been a lot here, I don't want you to over-spiritualize this. I've talked to people who do this. They want to get into a lot of other things. And really, it is Jesus in his simplicity, again, what it is when we're talking about disciplined dependence, when we're talking about these things, don't over-spiritualize it. Jesus is saying this, stay attached. You hear me? That's what he's saying. Stay attached. Not some of the time, all the time. Rob, could you please come? So, how do you remain? How do I remain connected? You connect to Him with your thoughts in your thought life, what you think about. You connect to Him in the words that you speak and the things that you let come out of your mouth. You connect to Him with the actions that you take and the choices that you make. Let me give you this question. Maybe it'll help. I think might help you in thinking through how am I doing, if you're asking yourself, how am I doing remaining connected? How am I doing staying attached? 
The question you should ask yourself throughout the day, and I, I would, I actually did this one time, but I'd encourage you to do this. Just whatever it's worth. Write this down on a card. Put that card in your pocket or your purse or somewhere where it's easily accessible to you. And sometimes during your day, maybe when the kids are driving you nuts or you're trying to get everything, you're stressed out, getting the kids ready for school and out the door, getting ready for work and out the door and something goes wrong, your car won't start, or you're at work and something else happens, or, or any circumstance, whatever it is, all along the day for a week, have that card and write this question on it and ask this question. Where am I drawing my life from right now? We put that on the screen. Where am I drawing my life from right now? Not in a global sense where you say, yeah, I'm I'm, that. Excuse me. I'm staying attached. I'm remaining in him. I'm about I'm doing that. I'm talking about right at that moment. Can we get that slide? Try to 